This is The Michael Bryan Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. And today I am joined with Sean Anthony, who's a podcaster. He's also an entrepreneur and he helps people build brands, businesses and make the impact they want to make through podcasting. Sean, it's amazing to have you on the show. Hey, man, I'm excited to be here. You know, I, when you told me, let's do this, I wanted to make it happen, man. So excited to be on your show and, and make sure your audience walks away with tremendous value today. But one of the things that really stuck out for me was, if I'm right, it's your brother that kickstarted a lot of your journey. So share a bit about how your brother impacted you. Yeah, man. You know, something you know crazy happened for me when I was 14. My brother went off to college and he goes off to college and he becomes this big nightlife party promoter. Right. And, and for me, what that allowed for me to do was to see what that life was like. So at 14, I was going off to colleges with him. Uh, I was I was in the clubs. I was partying with some of your favorite artists from from Rick Ross to Young Jeezy. Man, I was 14 years old, standing on couches uh, in VIP. But what that did for me is it allowed for me to understand marketing, right? Understand marketing. Understand how to get people excited about you know a brand. How to get people excited about just wanting to be a part of something. And I was able at that young age to take what I learned go back to Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, where I'm from. And I threw my very first party, man. I threw a graduation party for a bunch of 18-year-olds at the age of 14. And listen, Michael, that first party, we made over $6,000 and it changed my life. Wow. So was that just one night, was it? Yeah, that's just one night, man. It was just one of those 14-year-olds together coming up with a party that, that that excited a bunch of 18-year-olds, and we made six grand. And and from then on, I, I knew I wanted to go to college, but man, I did not want to go to college for education. I wanted to go to college to chase the bag, make money, have fun, do those things I saw my brother doing, and by far, that was a game changer for me. So why did you link college to money then? Was it the party atmosphere, or was it a bit more to it? Yeah, man, it's, it's the whole process of being your own CEO, being a boss, being able to get people excited about coming together, having fun. I think that's what it was for me, right? I remember the day before, right? The day before I even went to college, right? You think about people that right now, the day before they go to college, they're probably shopping at Target. They're probably shopping at Walmart. They're probably getting you know all those little things they need for their room. That was not the case for me, right? At, at, at the day before college, I was around a bunch of promoters talking about how to put people together, create a street team, promote nightlife events. It was completely different. Uh, I think from a mindset perspective, that just created a hunger inside of me to go after everything I wanted and go get it. There's a lot to be said for college, teaching you skills other than the degree isn't there like it isn't just the degree it's the planning it's the organizing it's the commitment to the outcome that you take and essentially put to other things that's kind of why people that have degrees and college degrees and university degrees it's not the degree it's the traits that you learn as a result of that can you speak to that yeah, I mean, you got to think about it. college gives you structure, right? It gives you structure. It could probably teach somebody discipline. Um, you have to be able to learn and grasp something, right? And I think that's what courses, curriculums, all those things do for a lot of people uh, in, in college. For me, I look at it different. I realize I'm in a whole different state. For four, I'm in a whole different place for four years, right? So in these four years, how can I maximize the connections? 
You don't just walk into a room and have the ability to connect with people through multiple areas across the country. That's what college does for you. So I, I would say to anybody, I would focus on the connections because once those four years are up, what are you going to do? That makes perfect sense. And I think more and more and more, that's the main sell for something like college. It's not necessarily the the qualification that tends to be obsolete, like three to five years after you got it. It's the people that you meet along the way. So for you, Sean, what was the main connection for you? Was it just one single person that introduced you to a bunch of people or was it completely different to that? I don't think one person can ever introduce you to a bunch of people. I think, you know, one person can lead you to an opportunity that can lead you to another opportunity. It's up to you to connect the dots. Uh, and for me, I connected the dots at 14. I saw that the, the dot connection starts with conversation, right? Having conversation with somebody can lead to a project, right? That project can lead to multiple projects and you'll meet people along the way. Uh, for me, that's what it was. So outline for us what that journey was like in terms of what opportunities came your way. Let you have a bit of a, a timeline for what things were like. Yeah, man. Opportunities came away in so many different ways, right? One of the things I want people to grasp right now is, is that when you meet people, you also get an introduction to who they know as long as there's a mutual relationship. And I remember, you know, at the age of 18, there was a star basketball athlete across the country. He was the number one NBA draft pick. The number one NBA draft pick was John Wall. And I want, and one of the people who were on, you know, my particular street team at the time, she was dating like John Wall's best friend. I was able, after John Wall became the number one NBA draft pick, I was able to have him sit down in front of me, slide over a contract, and have him come to a party uh, that we were doing. And we threw his graduate, we threw his, I'm sorry, we threw his first birthday party because his birthday is in September. We threw his birthday party after he was the number one NBA draft pick. Wow. And, and for me in college. It was those little signs, right? Connecting with higher up people, celebrities, uh, entrepreneurs, business owners. Yeah, think about it. You know, to be, you know, at 18 years of age, walking into venues, demanding to have that venue to throw a party takes conversations with owners, right? Breaking down contracts, coming up with structures that make sense. And even as, you know, back in that party nightlife promoter aspect, you also had to build relationships with people for them to come out and support you. Right. And I think that's that's for me, that's was the domino effect of connecting those dots that led to more and more opportunities uh, from a college level. So how did you take that beyond that? Because if we fast forward to today, obviously, the podcaster networking is huge for growing a podcast, building a, a guest list, I guess, for your show. What was the initial steps post-college for you to take something like networking, your ability to connect what were the next steps in terms of translating that into, let's say, real world? Because college is a bit of an, it's a little bit of an echo chamber, isn't it? But once you leave, the big wide world kicks in. So how did you translate those things together? Man, great question, man. And for me, it was realizing that I had a skill set that could turn into something else. And think, think, here's what happens after four years of college. Everybody leaves. Everybody leaves, they go back home, they may find a job, they may not find a job. And for me, I took those same skills of networking, marketing, collaboration, and I went corporate. Like I went corporate, man. I went corporate. I was promoted so fast, six times in four years. And it wasn't until I stumbled across uh, a promotion that took me, you know, six hours away from my family. So I was driving six hours away from my family for six months 
and stumbled across the podcast app. And when I stumbled across the podcast app, I found so many people that I was just interested in. I found, you know, Ed Milad, I found Evan Carmichael, I found Chris Drama Path, you know, and I say all these names respectfully because all these guys have been on my show now, but I understood something really quick. They didn't look like me. They didn't sound like me. There was an audience that I could reach that they could never reach. And I knew there was an opportunity for me to be in this space because I saw so many of my friends graduate college and be lost. So I wanted to create a show that would give them the tools to succeed. And in order to do that, I had to ask the question, school's over, now what? Which led to the title of the podcast, but it also led me to bring in on all these huge people to share their stories and how they got to where they are today. What is the time between those two things? Because you say it as if it was overnight, but what was the, the time difference between those two things? Between what two things? So leaving college and starting the podcast. Oh, great, man. Great question. You think about it, right? I went corporate, right? Graduate college. I went corporate for your gap, right? So for, four, for those four years, when I was promoted six times. I, I wasn't until the fourth year when I started to realize, hold on, what is this app I'm stumbling across, right? And then I started the podcast in June of 2018. So we're really talking about my whole life being completely different now in three years. So literally in June 2018 is when I launched this show uh, while I still was working that corporate type of job. And that's when everything started to take off, when I started to get a focus and realize, you know what, I can you know, interview more than just a cool person who I went to school with. I can interview somebody maybe bigger than this. And I took a shot at a guy who is the, the star of New York Million Dollar Listing, uh, Ryan Serhant. I got him on the show and it changed the whole direction of where I was going to go. So what made you think podcast over everything else? I imagine it wasn't just podcasting because you stumbled upon the app. Was there more happening for you? Was there more opportunities? And what made you think podcast was the way to go? Yeah, man, I've always been a dot connector, man. And I think about it, I've always been a dot connector since a young age. And one of the dots that I was connecting was I was getting paid a, bu- a bunch of money uh, in, in that corporate lifestyle to stand in front of CEOs of companies with these presentations and it would just wow them. And I saw how they were reacting. I saw how they would respond. I also noticed when I spoke, people paid attention. I also noticed when I would say certain things, somebody would compliment me on my voice tone. And when I heard podcasting, I said, hey, they think that's something I can really make a mark here. And that's what made me say, I'm going this route. So you got your big guest that changed everything for you initially. That can be difficult for a lot of podcasters starting out. They don't have a lot of, uh, I guess, a Rolodex is the right word of people that have been on your show previously as a bit of social proof, I guess, for future guests. But what did you do to, I suppose, convince is the wrong word, but I'm going to say it anyway. What did you do to convince him to come on your show? Yeah, man, uh, it started with, you got to have a mission. You got to have a mission. You got to have a purpose. You got to have something that they can find relatable. And, I, and you think about it, right? With the title of the show called School's Over Now What? There's not a person on the planet who hasn't been exposed to education. And, and the fact that, that I had that type of show and the fact I was able to align what my mission was to really give the answers to people who were struggling. It, it just resonated with so many people when I reached out to them. But also you had to tell people what their level of expertise is and why you think they are a perfect fit. Right. It, it, and that gets people excited. And then the domino effect comes when you land somebody big. Right. 
I want you to think about the publications, the TV shows, the networks they've been on. Now that's in your arsenal. So now you can say, you know, former guests on our show, you know, for example, Michael, if you were saying you were trying to go get somebody after you interviewed me, you can say, hey, former guests on our show have been on Black Enterprise, Yahoo, Thrive Global, right? It gives, it gives your show a stamp of credibility so that when you reach out to somebody else, they say, you know what, I'm going to do that, right? So when I started, you know, reaching out to other guests and getting other huge guests on the show, it was a no-brainer. If the person who's been on CNN, uh, Bravo, uh, been on BET, they've been on Forbes, they've been on all these different places, you're going to feel honored seeing that pitch. And you're going to say, you know what, I got to do this, right? And I think, I think in the initial pitch, whenever you, you pitch anybody to get them on your show, you got to be you know, realistic and realize this may be your only shot. So right then there, give the two days, two times that work best for you. And then you'll set yourself up to really, really be able to get them on your show. So what were the steps after that? Because from the outside looking in, getting such a big guest initially on the show, that tends to shortcut a lot of the learning curve that you see. I mean, to this day, there are lots of podcasts that are non-existent or podcasts that are struggling, podcasts that barely last six months before they have to quit. Maybe they, they lose steam. I think, I think it's, uh, it, it's pod fade, isn't it, is the term that people <laughs> use these days. And um, it, it brings up a lot of struggle for people. Like myself, it's been a bit of a long journey for me. So it's almost three to four years now, slow and steady. I I started with convenience being king for me. It was if it was easy to record, easy to produce it, easy to put it out, I could do it nonstop. I could do it every day if I wanted to because it was easy. If I made it complicated, that would be the first thing to go, right? Too hard to actually produce the show. And obviously now things are very different, but... That's been what it's like for me. That's why I can speak to grinding it out, the 50 pitches to getting zero back at the time. And it can seem like a bit of a, I guess, I don't want to use luck because you were able to convince him and you were matched on the mission, as you mentioned. You know, the mission of the show, he probably was quite passionate about it as well. So you had that relatable connection with him as well. Oh, podcasts becoming almost mainstream and how can you how can you justify podcasting to people when so many fade so many struggles so many people don't necessarily have the journey that you have oh man that's easy to justify podcasting nobody got your voice but you nobody got your voice but you Nobody, right? Uh, and, and I think for anything, anybody that, that experiences Pi-Fate, the reason I'll tell you why they probably experience Pi-Fate, the mission isn't big enough, right? The mission isn't big enough, right? The mission isn't big enough or they struggle with, with the thought of consistency, right? When the mission is bigger than you, I think you win, right? If you, you had a podcast and the podcast was called, you know, uh, Michael Pancakes Podcast, right? And if you're not passionate about making pancakes and can't show me creative ways of making pancakes and, you know, what to use, what not to use, like you're going to you're going to be tired of talking about pancakes. Right? I, I, the mission has to be bigger than, you know, who you are. That's it. But most importantly, it's the uniqueness, fam. It's, it's the uniqueness that stands out. I'm not the only one in a podcast game, but I'm probably one of the most relatable people on this app. 
And the reason why is because people listen to the show, people watch how you know I move, and people say, you know what, I, I see a little bit of me in there, or I can relate with that person, right? I think a lot of podcasters, we we do these interviews and we ask questions and we kind of you know we kind of seem stiff and all those different things. That ain't relatable. Right. What's relatable is a bunch of arms. Uh, hold on one second. Oh, let, let, me, let me figure this out. It's being real and being authentic. And I think that's the key, man. That's the key. Pitching myself with a pancake podcast is definitely going to make my mouth water every time I listen to this show. That's got to be <laughs> that's got to be the, the craziest hope of a podcast some people they'll be listening going oh you should definitely do that podcast and i'd just be like mm, no pancakes aren't really my thing i can't cook to save <laughs> my life and i'd probably rub in the kitchen before i actually had the mike's pancake podcast take off hey but look but here's the thing like you know where it would be pretty cool that pretty dope at like imagine michael's pancake podcast and every guest on the show had to eat pancakes with him right and you had different types of I think, I think it gets Very it gets almost too. <laughs> then it becomes a little interesting, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I I can picture it, but then I imagine the listeners get a bit frustrated with all the chomping noises, and mm, that's nice. Yeah, man. And next thing you know, you'd be selling merch, right? And the merch would be like Michael's pancake syrup sauces. <laughs> <laughs> really, really funny. That that does bring up though the idea of naming podcasts. And <laughs> building something around the podcast. So you set yourself up nicely there, Sean. Very well done there. I can tell you do you've done this for a long time. Um, what are your thoughts on naming shows and things being bigger than the show and creating things around it? Listen, man, I'm thinking about pancakes now, man. But uh if I were to name a show now, right? I think about does my show when you hear that name, like do you see yourself going through that? That, like, is my show aligning you with the mission or is my show aligning you with the thought that just cannot be denied, right? School's over, now what? Man, you can't deny that. You've asked yourself that, right? Like, if you create a podcast and the podcast title, you know, it's surrounded by a mission. It's, it's like, like, for example, get, just throw a random name out. I don't even know if a podcast is called this. Uh, Single Moms Driven. Man, you know how many single moms got are driven that are gonna be like, you know what? I'm girl, I'm riding the car with this tonight. I'm riding, I'm taking my kid to daycare with this plan. I'm a single mom driven. That's a that's a mission, man. That's something that you can get behind. Or you know, you could dumb it down and go really, really niche. You could say, you know what? I'm Lauren and I'm the queen of digital courses. This is digital courses. Digital, my friend Amy Porterfield does that. Digital courses, marketing made easy, right? Or you could be my guy, Mr. Black down there who's been sticking with us. <laughs> right you could be you, you could be you know d or nicolay or anybody you can have a podcast that's really niche that are really really pop but my biggest advice would be when you hear those words do you feel like you're a part of it or is it so much curiosity you just gotta go press play i completely agree with that and i think very often it can be overlooked because it takes a lot of thought and when I think about it, when I process the idea of curiosity, hitting a chord with people, it takes more thought than people initially realize. It takes more thought than, you know, oh, I'll just call it whatever it is. And they have some throwaway name, some throwaway idea. 
And I think that that plays into the consistency side, doesn't it? Because if your passion's not in it or your passions change, then it becomes very difficult to sustain it, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, like if I'm not passionate about something, I got no reason to even do it. I got I got, like that's 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 no reason. There's no initiative for me to even get behind this. So I would definitely agree. And you mentioned merch as well. Now, do you have merch for your own show? Is there any advice that you can give regarding that, you know, preferences or all that sort of thing? Absolutely, man. There's ways you can take the merch, right? If you're talking about a, a podcast, like we're just joking, but it's the absolute truth. If you're talking about Michael Pancake's podcast, he, he could really be sell, selling syrup. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, but, but for my particular podcast, like when you have a motivational podcast or podcast that's driven behind a mission, you start thinking of things like, can we create a curriculum, right? I created the Now What Academy, which I'm now, you know, taking on so many different entrepreneurs and helping them build their brands, helping them build podcasts. And there's also, if you have a show and you say let's say you say cool things or you have you know your own verbiage you have you know quotes things that you are known for saying it can be turned into merch you know one thing i say after every single podcast is dream it believe it go out and get it right turn that into a shirt turn that into a mug turn that into a hoodie right what can people get aligned with here's the thing you might be saying right now sean i don't have nothing i say right and i think about you know the people who I've, i've grown to know and a lot of them, for example, I'll give you an example, Jamila Mustafa, who's a friend of mine, she hosts shows on TRL, MTV. Um, she's hosted many award shows. She's a big deal. You know, and she used to say this one saying at the end of every interview. She didn't think anything of it. The moment she did not say it, hundreds of people were saying, girl, you forgot to say that. Hey, you forgot to say that. Right. And, and that might be you right now listening. Right. You might forget the forget the fact that you say something all the time and it could have been merch the entire time. It's that uniqueness. Um, so that's my advice. I like that. And I also like how it almost well, the term I, I sometimes use is logoified. So you can convert things into logos, convert things into sayings. Everything can become a logo, right? The amount of motivational quotes that I see walking around on T-shirts and hoodies and mugs and mouse mats and key rings and God knows what else. Um, it becomes a bit of a, it's more of not just what it is, but what it's saying. What's the message of what your merchandise wants to say. And I guess if it's aligned with the same mission as your podcast, then it all fits together. And those that are really committed to the show, committed to the mission, they're also more likely to support the merchandise as well. I could agree more. Absolutely. That's the truth. Now, we can't talk podcasting without the obvious monetizing that people seem to... imagine themselves sitting on a beach with the podcast making money through the magical world of advertising and sponsorships that seems to be what people deem as the holy grail from podcasts and it's the thing that everybody wants so what are your thoughts on advertising sponsorships the sort of ecosystem that is monetizing through advertising yeah, I mean, advertising, sponsorships, affiliates, they're, they're things everybody know about, right? Obviously, right? Everyone's heard about it. Everyone's like, oh, I need one of those. I got to get one of those. Man, if you want to get the money quicker, you don't have to have any of those. And, and, and here's what I mean by that. You have a skill set. 
you have some level of expertise, you do something obviously very well, why not package it and become your own infomercial? There's no better way. Like, like you, you can literally be talking, right? Like right now, you know, I'm on the Michael Bryan show, right? He can literally pause this once this is recorded and out you know, on the, to the world. He can literally pause this after I make this statement and run his own commercial back to a coaching program, back to, you know, a workshop, a webinar, or perhaps to his merchandise and his pancake syrup. <laughs> he could do he could do all those things, right? And that's the same thing with a lot of you right now listening to this. Uh-huh. You can stop. You, you can be your own F commercial. The fastest way I made money, the way I was able to leave my job and take podcasting seriously, is not only did I bet on myself, I became a product, right? And, and, and you don't have to wait. And guess we all know about sponsorships, advertising. Am I saying you don't need them? They are a plus. They are great to have. But I'm just trying to tell you, you don't have to wait for that. You can get the money now. I'm actually dying to hear people in the the comments of wherever they are tuning into this and the DMs that I'm going to get about, you should definitely do that podcasting uh, pancake thing that you were talking about on the, <laughs> uh, the Sean Anthony episode. And it, oh, man, it, so it's dope. weird how it works out. It's weird how it works out because you'd be surprised at how many ideas get given to people like myself and yourself by somebody else. And then we sit back and go, I didn't think of that, but that's probably the best idea anyone's ever came up with. And um, I'm just imagining <laughs> myself eating pancakes with syrup and it has to be, has to be natural <laughs> listen, syrup though. Listen, I'm going to use this example to the end of time. <laughs> I only got it by just talking to you, but I mean, to the end of time, man. I mean, I think it's a perfect example. Oh, Everything podcast. That's amazing. That's amazing. I have to bring up my own pancake mix next. You watch. Um, so what what is this idea behind productizing yourself that turning yourself into a product? We talk about personal brands quite often in, in today's world and the business world and podcasting world as well. What are your thoughts on things like personal brands? Should we have to have one? And how do you go about turning yourself into a product? Because for an average person listening to this, I can feel quite weird to turn yourself into a, a brand and a product. You think about brands and products, it's Nike, it's Adidas, it's Jordan, it's you know, it, it's more commercialized than a lot of people tend to realize or tend to associate with a person. Yeah, let's break this down, man. You're about to get stuff out of me nobody's ever got. All right, so when you say Adidas, you say Jordan, right? I want you to think about it this way. You should not be intimidated. I want you to look at those brands. What are they doing that you could be doing with your personal brand? So when I think of Adidas, I think of Jordan, I think of logos. Boom, you got a logo? Cool, almost there. When I think of companies like Nike and the way they move their commercials, hmm, the commercials are feelings. I feel like I'm running with you. I feel like I'm a part of something. So how can people feel like they're with you? How can people feel like they're a part of something that you're doing, right? Guys, this is personal branding. You think about all these huge, huge companies. You think about companies, right, like Target, right? Target's known as the place for moms, the place where they can get everything they want. How can people go to your page and feel like you have a place for them and they can get what they want? And I think that's the way you got to start thinking about personal branding there's only one you and nobody can do it the way you do it so even if you come across like let's say you're somebody who struggles at social media you don't know what to post 
you'll know what to put. But you can, you know, you can scroll and find about three or four reels that just capture your attention and you're just stuck. How can you take that message that you loved and you received in that reel and tailor it to your niche? That's all it is. You do that and you're on your way. How would you suggest people get over the mental blocks with that? Because you might hear people say, well, I'm just a person. I'm just a human being. I'm just normal. Maybe I don't have anything special or unique or you hear stories of like, there's nothing special about me, right? Everyone has this story right now of not being good enough, not being enough to, to do what it is that they want to do. That's a mental hurdle when it comes to turning yourself into a brand and, and being a product like yourself as a human as a person like how do you suggest people overcome the mental hurdle oh this is easy man your, your environment is trash get you some new friends like that like the, all, the reason you think the way you think is because the people you're around and here's the thing about life you're going to constantly get into different environments that's going to elevate you or bring you down and if you can get into environments that's going to elevate you everything changes you know i used to think like like there's 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 an amount of money right now michael that i thought 48 hours ago was a lot of money. It wasn't until I got around a new circle of friends and the last 48 hours, one of my friends made a million dollars. What do you think that's going to do to me? That's going to change my complete thought process of money. And so right now, if you're, you're in a hurdle and you're thinking about, you know, how do I, how do I go about this? How do I do about this? Or I don't feel like I'm having these mental roadblocks. Change your environment. If you can't change your environment physically, like, like where you're at right now, you're in bad living conditions. If you can get in a car, if you can take an Uber, go to a place where you can feel free. Right. If you can do those things, if you're at a bad job and the job sucks, your boss sucks and you hate going to the job, you got to, you know, not going to be nothing boss and who doesn't realize how big of a deal you really are. Get you a new boss. More power to anybody that can think positive, right? Anybody that can think positive and is in a negative environment. Ooh, that's scary. That means if you switch that surrounding. Oh, man, you switch that surrounding. Everything is going to be different. I love how the first thing you went to was people, places, environments, being around people that change your perception of things. And I love the example that you gave of yourself as far regarding money, where being around someone that's made the money that you can't even dream of and they do it. And you instantly think that you can do it as well if you go in with the whole, like, I want to do that as well i want to follow in their footsteps i want to become that person as well i want to have that vision of money i want to have that thought process around money and i don't want it to hold me back and all those things what i want to know is is that the mindset that you've always had is that the the way you've taken into everything and can you point to how that how that thought process actually started for you, if you track it back far enough, do you know how it started? Man, I think I always had a mindset. I always had, always had a mindset. I always had a mindset of competitiveness. I think, I, I think for me, like it's always like having a little chip on your shoulder. The only chip I could think I actually had on my shoulder is that I, I'm not six feet tall. <laughs> That's the only chip I got on my shoulder. Other than that, I'm I've always had that mentality. <laughs> I've always been on go. I always felt like, you know, I, I can do this. I, I can I can pull these things off. And, and I, I thought about it and I think about, you know, when's the moment someone else saw that before I did? Or when are the moments people kept showing me signs 
and I and I and I and I took those signs and ran with it. You know, I remember when I was a little kid, I was in the second grade. I remember getting off the school bus. They had like a reading contest that day in class. It was like Burr Rabbit and the Turtle, right? It was 30 kids just reading the book. You know, I read the book, one number one trophy. I remember getting off that bus and being excited to show my dad that trophy. You know, and, and I circle back around to it now, right? To when I, you know, came big in podcasting, I quit my job. And the very first thing my dad said was, hey, you listen, I always knew you was going to be different when you hopped off that bus in, in second grade and you brought home that trophy. And I just knew this guy was different. I even think about situations. And I, the reason I'm telling you guys these stories is because you got stories too. You just forgetting them. You need to tap back into them. I remember throwing parties. I threw so many parties, bro. And and one of the guys uh, that I threw the parties with, security-wise, he was security for cash money. Like cash money, young money. I'm talking like Lil Wayne, Baby, you name it. He was a like real big deal. You'll be watching BT Awards and you'll see him on stage when Lil Wayne go gets, go get, gets the award. So I'm, doing, I'm, I'm at the club. He's doing security for me. His name's Big Cat. And he walked past me, you know, you know, in America, you know, they got a lot of slang in America, Michael. And he walked past me and he said, yo, Stunner. I was like, what he about to say? What's he about to say? Yo, Stunner, you got the same energy that they got when I'm around them. Keep going. And I didn't know what he was talking about. I could have took that and been like, you know what? I'm going to kill the party game. Right. But but tapping to those moments, they're all signs. Right now, if you've been listening to us, what are those signs for you? What are those things that you do well? What's something that somebody said, hey, you're really good at this? Tap into that as motivation and energy, and you'll, you'll be doing some crazy things. What questions do you ask yourself today that help you keep in that frame of mind? Because when, when you said that you had no idea what they meant, you just had this energy about you, you just had this thought process, what questions do you ask yourself now when it comes to decision making, trying to be resilient and be consistent with what you do now? I think the question I would say to myself is more of like, 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 how can I become the biggest? How can I continue to study people that I admire? How can I connect the dots of all the great things I've done and realize what my true purpose and calling is? I think that 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 might be the only questions I'm asking myself. Here's the cool thing about it, right? Don't know all the answers. That's the cool thing. You don't know all the answers. That's the cool thing. But I can tell you the trajectory is up. I can tell you the trajectory is up. I can tell you that my focus is up. I can tell you things keep coming my way. And I, and, and things that keep coming a lot of people's ways. But I think you have to keep that type of mindset to know that you're just getting started. That's the key. I completely echo the idea that it is a combination of not knowing all of the journey, not knowing all of the steps that you're going down. But as long as the trajectory is up, then you're always going in the right direction, right? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely, that's the key, bro. Absolutely. So is there anything that you think you need to be asked more about? Do you have any questions that you wish people would ask you more? Uh, I never had that question before, man. Uh, I think there's really like, like, like for me, there's, there's the, the only question I could think anybody could ask me, right? They were ask me a question. Uh, I, I think people need to really, really, really see, like, like dive into the fact of, you know, what it took to really get to where you are and that it wasn't overnight. I think that sometimes you see the highlight reel and you got to forget, you know, prior to me being 14, throwing parties, going to college, 
graduating college, going corporate. There's a there's a there's a gap of understanding all these things I'm doing well that led to me even to podcasting. I think your podcast is a great breakdown of that, but I think that would be the only thing. So what's the future like for you? Do you have any plans, any big things that you're you're moving into? Anything that you can talk to us about? Yeah, I can tell you one thing I'm doing right now is that uh, the the ability to connect and collaborate with people has always been my gift. It's not like a a gift where I'm like, oh, this is my gift. It's the gift that I've been told, even from jobs that I've had, not any year at a job where they kind of like you get a boss and they kind of sit you down and kind of say, hey, these are the things you're doing well. And I had a boss that kept telling me that, yo, you collaborate excellent. And I'm like, man, hold on, wait. He's telling me something I didn't even really think about. So the collaboration now has led to, you know, former guests who've been on my show who now I'm representing behind the scenes um, on tours, them as a brand. Um, so it's a lot happening, man. And I'm just excited to be in a position to keep everything moving forward and onward, bro. So I would tell you the most exciting thing I got going on right now outside of the podcast realm um, is one of my clients is about to go on a five city tour. So we're going to five cities uh, in September and it's going to be absolutely insane. Uh, we've rented out movie theaters because she's shooting a documentary series that's wow. going to be pitched to Netflix. Uh, and it's just the beginning, bro. I, I think for me, when you think about that John Wall story I talked about earlier, right, when I was 18, John Wall isn't the only athlete I was around. I had athletes all the time coming through North Carolina um, that were with me that I had, you know, taking the radio stations. I've done these things for, and now I'm kind of crossing over and doing that in a different space. Um, so you got to continue to connect the dots, continue to collaborate and never limit yourself. What would you tell your 14 year old self if you could go back? Uh, 14 year old self, I would say, boy, you're just getting started. Just keep going. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change a single a single line of my story. From friends I, I I've had, uh, friends I still got, friends I've lost, uh, situations I've been in that were uh, I shouldn't have survived. Uh, I wouldn't change anything. I would just say, boy, you just just you have no idea who you are. Just keep going. I think a lot of people too. Whether you're in a job right now, you're not where you want to be at. Imagine if you knew who you were right now. Would you go in tomorrow? Would you clock in? Probably not. <laughs> so that's my <laughs> advice that's my advice bro it's actually my response when people ask me the same question because since a bit of a I guess a personal growth journey I've realized over the years that it it's your past that gets you to where you are so by not acknowledging that you kind of devalue it you kind of devalue the journey if you would change any of it it's a bit bit of a strange contradiction of like I wouldn't tell myself anything because I might not end up here. I might not end up in as good a position as I am now if I change something. You know, if I go back to my 14-year-old self, I'll probably say, look, you've got a long way to go. Don't worry about it. Just keep going. That's literally the, the idea that it's your journey that gets you to where you are and you've got to honor that you've got to value that because well, you can't change it either can you no nah, not at all man in those moments are actually good moments even the ugly moments are actually good moments because they made you grateful right even the ugly moments made you grateful and i want you to think about that right like like it, it, that trickleates everywhere in your life even the ugly moments make you grateful. They humble you. Uh, even the moments where you, you, you could have been scared, uh, they humble you. The, the, they teach you about security. Uh, so many different things, man. So you're right, I wouldn't change a single thing. 
Okay, so we've got one last major question for you, Sean. So I really enjoyed having you on the show, but I really, really hope that uh, this question makes you think. So here we go. Imagine that you're on the top of a mountain and someone hands you a microphone. Everyone all around the world are going to hear what it is that you have to say. You've got about two minutes and it's something that'll be translated so everyone will absorb it how it was meant to be absorbed you know with translations being a bit strange in different languages but that's not the case so you've got two minutes to say whatever it is that you want to say and it's going to be your message to the entire world what would it be great question um it would be this and i don't even need two sentences or or, or two minutes stop thinking you aren't big enough and go do it that's it Nicely put. It's a good job you said that's it, because I was waiting for some something even bigger. I was sat listening, going, oh, it's going to go to a great... Oh, no. Oh, no, it's finished. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely short and sweet, definitely very valuable as well. So many times we hold ourselves back. So many times we tell ourselves a story that limits what we're capable of. And just hearing you say that makes me think that maybe I'm doing the same thing. So hopefully those that are listening, it's happening to you as well. Sean, it's been fantastic as always. Where can people learn more about you, mate? Where can people go? Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on the show. You can find me anywhere, uh, anywhere, all audio platforms, schools over now. What You can follow me on all social media platforms at Sean R. Anthony underscore. And then for those of you guys that have been listening, just always remember, dream it, believe it, go out and get it. If you are new to the show, make sure you do subscribe so you don't miss any of our future guests. Plenty more coming to your ears. And if you enjoyed it, feel free to tag myself and Sean on social media, telling us what you think about the show. Sean, thanks again.